Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Um, now, let's get to my beloved Broncos. I'm incredibly proud. Incredibly proud. I know, you know, yeah, it's one that got away and it's it's all that kind of stuff, but I'm incredibly proud of the boys. There wasn't a single moment on that footy field. There wasn't a single minute where I felt that someone wasn't having a crack, didn't put in the effort. If you're going to get beaten, at least it's by one of the greatest performances we've ever seen in the history of rugby league. If you're going to get beaten in the grand final, at least it's by a team that has to complete at 97%. I thought the Brisbane Broncos, they did the Jersey proud. They did their town proud. Yes, of course, being up by 16 points is a huge lead in a grand final. But sometimes like, we always forget about the losing team when we're witnessing greatness. But the Broncos played just as much a part in that greatness by lifting the standard of the grand final as high as they did <coughs> as anyone else. Uh, I'm super proud of the boys of course, you can look at the stats and you can look at numbers. You can look at that first half for sure. But at the end of the day, what makes me so proud of them is that they everything went wrong that could go wrong in that first half. They went in at halftime at 8-6 and they came out and absolutely blew the pants off the park when they started to complete some sets. Yes, it's disappointing. Yes, you could argue it's one that got away. But if I'm being honest, they remind me a lot of the Penrith Panthers in their first grand final where it's just attack, attack, attack. You know, we're young. We believe in ourselves. If they just fine-tune their game a little bit, and there's key areas that you can look at. For example, the referee, he wasn't going to blow a penalty, and he wasn't going to blow a six again. And, you know, I know a lot of Broncos fans are frustrated. at Oh, they were, they were lying in the ruck, and I, I get it. But this is where experience comes into play because the Broncos, if they are a little bit, you know, more, if they had a bit more experience in grand finals, they would understand, oh, the ref is allowing us to dictate what's happening here. So we'll lie in the ruck as well. And that's where Penrith Panthers identified that the ref was going to let things play. Uh, and so all of these little things, they're going to learn from this grand final. And I think that every single player, 1 to 17, should be proud of the effort that they put in last night. Uh, very disappointed for sure, but at the same time, could not be more proud of the boys. And I cannot wait for the future.
what really stands out to me and what you just said is how the Broncos didn't identify the way that game was being refereed. Mm. And Maddie, you can probably talk more about it, but I remember in the 2021 grand final, that was the big thing that stood out for me. Penrith identified so quickly how slow the ruck was allowed to be. Is that fair, Maddie? And South Sydney didn't adapt to it. Mm. Obviously, on the big stage for the first time in a long time, Penrith, they'd been there the year before and they'd watched Cameron Smith manipulate it the entire game. Mm. They came back the year after. They'd learned those lessons. And against South Sydney, they just dictated the pace of the game, the entire game, because they worked out the referee was going to allow them to do it. Yep. And yep. so be it. You have to adapt to each game and what's happening and how it's being refereed. And, and look, some people will look at some calls that could have gone our way. Yeah, like, okay, whatever. But... It was 11 errors to one. Yep. If we cut those errors down Jeez. to seven, we win the game. Uh, so it was within our power to win the game. And the, the really promising thing is that I know, obviously, Broncos lost. And I, as I said, Panthers fans, Panthers fans enjoy it. And, you know, you put shit on me in the comments, all that kind of stuff. You guys won. You weren't the right to do that. But I stand by my statement. When the Broncos complete... They are the best team in the competition. I think that when they started completing their sets, they blew the Panthers off the water, like out of the water. We saw saw it happen. Um, as soon as they started making errors, errors, the Panthers just went straight back into gear. It took a Penrith Panther side at the peak of their powers to complete at ninety seven percent, and the seven to have the greatest grand final performance by seven ever to beat the Brisbane Broncos side. If that doesn't give you confidence as a club, I don't know what will. I know it's disappointing. I know it's heartbreaking. We're at the start of something brilliant here, guys. We're at the start of something great. So we'll learn from it. We'll regroup and we'll be better than ever. That 97% completion rate start, I've heard that 30 times now and it still sounds still as shocked. ridiculous yeah. as yeah. the first time I heard it. And the craziest thing is, is the one error was Mitch Kenny, I think on the fourth tackle, yeah. when he made half a line break and got tackled and it like Just spilled contact out. Contact into ground, yeah. So again, really disappointing. Yep, we had that lead, all that stuff. But if you're going to get beaten, at least it's by something great rather than, you know, going out there, not playing that well. And you get a, a lot of what ifs, whereas Broncos can go, look, we're a much less experienced team in finals. I think they're the youngest in the competition right now. They should take a lot of confidence out of that game. A lot of confidence. Yeah. Shout out to Adam G. I thought he did a, a tremendous job refereeing. And... You know, you could you could pinpoint a couple of calls here or there that could have gone the other way and might have been a bit, bit iffy, but I just love the way he refereed the game. Firstly, there was no howlers. That's what we want to see in a big game. But some people will be critical and say that, oh, you know, he, it was refereed differently to, to a regular season game. It should be the same at NRL at club level. But you know what? We got a brilliant spectacle last night where it wasn't stop-start. We had these elite athletes, big minute forwards, who were forced to push to levels they'd never been to in their lives to see who could stand up to it. And the way he officiated the game by putting the whistle in his pocket for the when it counted, we got to see that yeah. at its best. I think as well, there's a key, if you, if you wanted a key indication of that, so Liam Martin, I think he gets head high or something happens to him, he stays down. The ref shows the replay, yeah. you can see it happen and the ref's like, not giving it. Yeah, it and was, a, lot of, a lot of Panthers fans would be like, are you serious? Like, that's ridiculous. Guess what happens? Tony Staggs gets yep. crusher tackled. Mm. He goes, nah, not mm. copping it. So good. And so that, what have I spoken <laughs> about all year, about feel for the game? He was going, I've got a feel for this game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ref it the way I feel it and let the players decide. And that's where grand final experience comes in. That's why the Panthers knew, oh, Cam Smith, you know, 
few years ago, he came in and tested the rep and said, is he going to blow the whistle? Is he going to blow? He didn't. And so that's why I think the Broncos, look, to be, to be really frank though, like even if the Broncos had have identified the way it was being refed, they still made so many errors in the first half that they wouldn't have been able to apply that kind of pressure. Um, and so that's just experience. That's experience. Origins and grand finals are played differently. Mm. It's that simple. Yeah, and you know, as Tim just said, you know, it wasn't referred to other NRL games. Yeah, it wasn't because mm. no other teams are on this level. Yeah. Have you ever seen a bigger gap between what the prelim finals were and what the grand final oh, was? Geez. Like, we said it all year. Like, and you know what? The prelim finals, it wasn't a team that got lucky and went on a hot run. It was Melbourne and the Warriors. They were the top four teams all year. They were never on that level. Mm. And you couldn't have had it a game in that intensity with any other two teams in this competition. I thought the best call by Adam G the entire night, and it shits me to no end in rugby league, when Reese Walsh went up and Isaac Tungo went up, yeah. they clashed in the air, and he said, no, just a contest yeah. in the air. Yeah. How often do you see that penalised? And everyone at home knows it's a contest for the air. Yeah, yeah. and so, as I said, like, if it was just one way, then you could be like, hang on a sec, like, mate, you're letting, you know, but, but he was just saying, I'm going to let the game flow. I'm going to ref it like origin. I'm going to ref it like origin. And he came into this game under a lot of pressure. I, I don't know about you two, but it shit me to no end, the media attention he got in the week. Mm, yeah. I thought it was absolute bullshit. They well, the stats apart. were so They so were so bad. skewed to suit a certain narrative off the back of refereeing yeah. having howls yeah. last week. It was bullshit. Yeah. And so, as I said, I, like, at the ground, absolutely Panthers were laying in, in the ruck and slowing things down. But that's where the Broncos needed to identify, okay, when they get the ball, we're going to lie in the ruck. We're going to slow things down. Um, and I think that we, you actually saw that uh, later in the half. I think you saw the Broncos go, oh, hang on a sec. Like, we can hold on a bit. Because there were a few times where Broncos were holding down and, you know, holding onto a leg a little bit longer. I'll tell you the other thing, like a grand final played at that speed between that class of teams when one team completes at 97%. If he didn't let him lie around the ruck a little bit and it was like quick play, oh, quick play, mate, no one would have made it past 50 minutes. Yeah, it would have been like 60 to 50 or <laughs> something like that score. Um, so, yeah, no, I agree. I think Adam G deserves a yeah massive rap for – and also what I really respect about it, it was his commitment to that, his commitment to go, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to let the players get a feel for the game – and when things were ramping up and Penrith were really starting to push the line, I think it was uh, uh, late in the first half and we got a penalty and the whole crowd went up. Mm. Everyone's like, yeah, finally got a penalty. But he didn't then go back into his shell and go, okay, shit, like I better, I better start calling every penalty. He said, no, nah, I'm just going to let it all go, let it play. Um, so, yeah, I think he does deserve a big rap. I really do. And I think the Panthers were geniuses at knowing, let's test him and see where the line is. Um, and Broncos, it just took them a little bit longer to, to queue in. But... They'll be better for the run. In regards to performances, we have to speak about Ezra Mann. I mean, he was unbelievable. Uh, some of the shots he put on in defence, like not only his attack, but some of the shots he put on defence and like that immediate contact where he would just stop the, whether it's a wide running forward, whether it's a half, and the ability to break a game open like that, like – it's funny because going into the Dally M's, the argument was kind of like, oh, 5-8s have been a little bit quiet this year. It's been a little bit quiet. And I said Ezra Mam, a few people were like, come on, bro, Ezra Mam. Boy, didn't he cement himself as one of the best sixes in the game. And mate, I remember seeing you last Monday and talking about Dally M 5 of the year. And like uh, Tim mentioned the numbers before. Even if you take out last night, he'd scored 15 tries this season. Yeah. I, I, that had flown under my radar yeah. completely. And he's like first full year pretty much. Yeah. Incredible, like, yeah. mate, it wasn't that long ago we were sitting here <coughs> watching the highlights going, yeah. Like, he, he'll play first grade for sure, but it's he's 19. Is now the time? Yeah. 
Are, we, are you putting him in too early? Uh, the second try he scored, and it's like he's gone through Isaiah Yo and Nathan Cleary. Yeah. For real, two of the best defensive players in the NRL. Mm. Went through them two. The, I think the first try... First try was amazing. Lives yeah. me this, boom, boom, in and away, fend on tongue yeah. or, and then gas Edwards. And, and he's just gone the short side, and he's just seen Lindsay Smith there out of position in that, that three-man spot where Cleary should have been. I think Cleary made the tackle prior and was caught at marker. He just sees him and goes, mate, you're not a chance. Yeah. Oh, right. So electric. And as I said earlier in the, in the piece, the only concern is replacing Adam Reynolds at this club. So if they can find a guy that not necessarily replaces him uh, long term, but in the next two or three years, if they can find a guy that can do a similar job, this, this side is set up to be a, a, a powerhouse. Now, will they be a come powerhouse? We don't know. But, geez, they got the ingredients. And you know what the beauty of it is, too? Two years ago when you were trying to sign a halfback, and honestly, when the rumours first came out you were going to get Adam Reynolds, I went... It's not a hope Benelli's going to go yeah, for that so fight. true. Now you're in a spot where you can go, hey, we've got the team that can win a yeah. comp. Do you want to come play under this forward pack? You can win pack? many comps in the next <laughs> yeah. 10 years if yeah. you're a halfback that just come and guide us around. It'll be interesting to see who they manage to yeah. get their paws on. Because like with a team like this, you know, there are so many halfbacks in this competition that aren't superstars that are just solid mm. and just understand the game and could lead this side around and do such yeah. good. Like you look at, you know, your Chads, uh, your Hastings, these sort of guys that might not be superstars, but all you have to do is just dictate terms with this side. Mate, you just need a good kicking game and good direction. Everything else is, is set. It's sorted. Is that Queen and Roo's halfback still available? <laughs> he is, mate, and he's, he's fully fit. No, post, <laughs> no post-season surgeries. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ezra, man, just what an electric moment. We were actually sitting in the corner where he scored his tries and – Geez, it was special to watch him move. And just his strength in contact, I think it's really underrated. Um, you know, it's one thing to have footwork, but to have footwork and be able to also have strength when people come across. Like, he fended Isaac Tungle, like one of the most aggressive, physical outside backs in the competition. He just went, bang, thanks for coming. Um, and so Ezra Mann was something special. Uh, isn't it funny? 20 minutes ago, guaranteed Clive Churchill. What a year, how good. Now he could not be beaten for like I had it around his neck. <laughs> he, the market nearly had to have been shut down oh. after he scored that third one. Guy like nothing can happen here, even Penrith winning that takes it off Ezra Man. Yeah, and isn't it like you are never and I you know it's a credit to Ezra Man, but for the rest of time you can never tell the Nathan Cleary story without Ezra Man. I don't think. Uh, and and I wonder like, is this his almost villain arc? to Penrith or whatever, where Mam had one of the greatest six performances you can have, still gets done by Cleary. Is this his moment to go, all right, I'll remember mm. this and I'm coming back for you next year or the year after or whenever? Because good thing is, is they're at least going to play another five years against each other. And as I said before the game, what I'm really excited about is I hope that this starts a rivalry. Um, speaking of rivalries, I want to talk about Payne House. Is that one of the greatest front row performances you've ever seen in a grand final? Very impressive, wasn't it? Like, it's one thing to do it on the front foot. Let's say they had, compl- <coughs> like, the high completion, you know, the ball, way more than the Panthers did. That's one thing. He was doing it off the back foot nearly every single set. And I thought it was really evident in the first half the Panthers had picked him out. Not because he's, you know, weak in defence or anything. First 20 minutes. To tire him out. First 20 minutes I was going, ooh, are they, are they really going to hold him down here? No. Nah. No, but, you know, at the 20, 30 minute mark, I thought, geez, this is going to work here. Mm. They're just, the, the weight of position is just too much for Payne Haas to be able to overcome this. Um, but what he, the way that he just managed to pull himself back off the canvas and go again, 
Unbelievable. So he's a freak. So in defence, he had his his forty one tackles. No, he misses. missed none. Maddie had a stat before. There was something like sixty to fifty eight or something missed tackles. Like unbelievably high numbers. Not only did he not miss one, but he didn't have an ineffective tackle. He was the only starting forward on the field who didn't have an ineffective tackle to go with not missing a tackle. Listen and the to, most listen, tackles. Listen to the miss, yeah, listen to the missed tackles in the pack. Flegler missed none. Billy Walters, seven. Cable, six. Ricky, three. Carrigan, five. Penrith, a bunch through there as well. And Haas didn't miss one. Not one of them was ineffective. Well, even Fisher-Harris, five misses. Leota, three misses. Kenny, ten misses. Sorensen, six misses. Martin, five misses. Isaiah Yo two misses. Payne Haas, <laughs> 41 tackles, no ineffective, no misses. Plus, he played 65 minutes in the middle of that game. 65 minutes. He had 14 runs for 150 metres. Let me put that in perspective. He was averaging more than 10 metres a run in a grand final against the most dominant forward pack we may have ever seen. And as you said before, Kempi, it was just the manner in which he had to do it because the Broncos kept turning over ball in their own half mm. and then they'd sit there and they'd repel, repel, repel the Panthers and they would gasp by the time they got the ball in hand and he was coming off his line and just getting momentum back in Brisbane's favour then they'd drop it and he'd have to do it all again. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Painhars this year, <clears throat> there's only been three games, right? This is fucking off its head. There's only been three games where he's run for less than 150 metres. One of them was against Gold Coast Titans. In that game, he only played 46 minutes. I'm not sure if it was a HIA or whatever it might be. The other two games were both games against Penrith. So the greatest side of all time have obviously identified that they just need to double-team him and go hard at him every single time. Keep in mind, in those two games as well, they're the most tackles he's made all season. So the greatest team of all time is... Evidently, come in with a plan. We force him to make as many tackles as we can, 40-plus tackles in, in both those games against them. And, you know, like at the end of the day, he ran 150 metres, which by his standards, he averages 190 per game. Mm. But it's what those 150 yeah. metres were. Yeah. And who they were against and how much they were going at him. And 40 tackles. Unbelievable. It is. As I said, I, I personally rate it as one of the best grade final performances by a front rower. I really challenge you to find and like taking out the stat of winning the grand final obviously that's the most important thing but when you're looking at purely performances and the situations they were in it really is up there for the best for me like it is it's nothing short of incredible it's funny so at the captain's run hot as anything hot as anything um and so watching the boys they all run out you know shirts whatever anyway so i'm sitting there with like some of the directors the broncos and the coaching staff or standing there and Payne Haas He's in a full long sleeve. And I was like, what the hell? Why is Payne Haas wearing a full long sleeve? And he's like, oh, he always does it. I was like, why does he always do it? And then he get, they go, oh, he just loves pain. <laughs> he just loves it. He loves pain and feeling uncomfortable. I was like, Timmy's well. a bit like that. Yeah. We're cut from a very similar mold. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, and I just, look, you can look at his physical stature. You can look at all the physical stuff. But there's one part of Payne Haas that I'd argue is already one of the greatest of all time. It's his mental toughness. Yeah. It's his mental toughness. Uh, yeah, we spoke about it pre-show, but it, you just get that feeling Payne Haas is going to be like the Greg Inglis in junior development where mm. everyone's going to have the next GI. Yeah. None of them turn out to be the next GI. And Payne Haas, he's, he's going to be that exact guy. He, look, he's so good, and I'm such a fan of Payne, 
that if they if we don't go and get close to winning a premiership, obviously I never would want to lose Payne Haas. But I almost think he is owed a grand final win. I almost think he's owed a premiership because of what he does week in, week out and what he delivered on the field last night. That's how good he is. It'll be interesting to see over the next 20, 30, 40 years, like, if there are other pain houses. Yeah. Or is he just a genetic freak who has the mindset? That, like, I, th- I think what separates him, obviously, the genetic stuff. But I, I don't think people appreciate how strong he is yeah. up here. Think about what he's had to deal with this year. And we won't yeah. go into it. We all know. Like, think about what's going on in his life right now. Right now. And he just did that in a grand final against two of the most... <laughs> Dominant, aggressive pack. Like, Pisha Harris and Leota came out and bashed the four pack for the first 20 minutes. For the first four, we couldn't even get off our own freaking line. And Payne, Payne, Paddy and Flegler just went, sweet, all good. We're just going to keep turning up and eventually we'll get some meters. Once again at 23 years of age. Fucking phenomenal. Unbelievable. I liked, uh, we spoke about it coming into the show and, and the podcast, sorry, the grand final and the podcast last week, but... Just that trying to unsettle Penrith and their how good their defence is, second phase play, how to be through offloading. Yeah. And you could see them trying to get that in. They had limited opportunities early on, but Pat Carrigan threw one that went to ground, I think it was early in the first half. But like uh, Payne Haas had a, had a terrific offload for the Ezra Mam second try. It's it's how you rattle them. I think yeah. it's the only way you can rattle them. Mm. Um, came off sometimes, more often than not, but... Well, think about this as well. So I think Paddy's 25. Flegler, I think he's, what, 24, 23. So they're going up against arguably the best front row pairing ever in the peak of their career. Like They're babies. In, as in front row terminology, they're babies. Mm. And yet they still went toe-to-toe with, you know, full-on, at their peak, best front rows we've seen, front row pairing we've seen. I, I thought Painhouse and Flegler and Carrigan – I thought that they were phenomenal, like absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, like, as you said, mate, these guys are so young. Like, they should still be scarred from being part of the worst Broncos team of all time. Yeah. It's built them. To think that they were a part of the worst, the, the wooden spoon side, these boys, you're like, what? It's almost bizarre. So, Payne has for me, I, I thought he was nothing short of incredible. And I loved as well the way he mixed his line runs up. Sometimes it was in the front rowers, straight at him, let's go. Let's go toe-to-toe. Sometimes he would take that overs line and go at Cleary or go at a smaller fella. It's actually one thing I really noticed at the ground. Penrith are so good at spotting people. In the first 20 minutes, the amount of times they went at Billy Walters, like go and look at the first kickoff. Fisher-Harris runs straight at Billy Walters. He goes in overline. And it's not because he's scared. We know Fisher-Harris will run straight. It's all to do with the game plan. It's all to do with go, we're going to make you tired because we think that you're a smaller body that – can fatigue, and then obviously we can go through the middle. Um, but I thought Billy Wilders was really brave. Um, I'm just getting up his numbers now, but I felt like he came off a lot earlier than what he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was because Definitely. if you watch at the ground, Leota and Fisher Harris and the boys were just looking for him. Wherever he was, they were going. Um, which, that, again, is that, that incredible commitment to a game plan. That play from his replacement not long after he came on, Tyson Smoothie, to hit Flagler short. I'm oh. pretty sure it was on fifth tackle. Yeah. Smoothie comes on. I said probably a bit earlier than expected. It was planned, I should say. Fifth tackle, you know, you've got Walsh calling for the ball, Reynolds calling for the ball, and he goes short to a steaming front rower. Like, if he gets that wrong and he doesn't crash through and score, you're going, oh, wrong play. What are you doing, mate? Stick to the game plan. 
That was a ballsy play and credit to him because it paid off. And full credit to him. I'm confident in saying 12 weeks show he would have got that wrong. Mate, when, when Smoothie came in in his first game this year, I was like, I, I literally said, I think he needs a little bit more time in yep. reserve grade. Like, I don't know if he's ready for first grade yet. Uh, how wrong was I? He's been so good off the bench. I was exactly the same. I can't remember what game it was, but I just remember sitting there going, why is this guy in the team? Mm. It's just not working. He, did, he just, he just didn't look comfortable. Page. He didn't yeah. look comfortable. It, it looked like Sonny Luke at the Panthers. Mm. Yeah. Like he was coming out and looking like left or right and then weren't the right people there. It was, yeah, he was outstanding. Um, but yeah, Payne Haas, what an honour it is to watch him play rugby league in such a, like the way he does it at such a young age. Um, I thought Paddy Carrigan, as I said, there are different types of toughness. There's the guy that can dominate people and you see the big hit and, and then there's the Paddy Carrigan toughness that he has the big hit in him, but he's the guy that can get hit and he'll keep coming until the 80th minute, no matter what. And I felt like I felt sorry for him for that error, and I think it was like the you know 70th minute or whatever. I was like, if there's one bloke in this team that doesn't deserve that error, it's Paddy. But the error is because he has worked himself to an absolute standstill. You could see when he got up, he's like, he's cut on his face, his hair's everywhere, he's gassed as anything. But I thought he was so brave, and I just cannot wait to see these boys as a forward pack grow together. Like, think about in a th- two or three years. Uh, as I, like, it does remind me very much so of early Panthers in 2020 of what these guys can become. I thought Flegler, what I, what I really was, um, I was, so when the Panthers came out and watching it, they were rolling down the field way better than the Broncos. And I was a bit like, oh, are we getting blown out of the water here where we're a bit flat? But what I re- really like respect about this Broncos forward pack is even if they're getting a bit rolled, they just never give up. They keep that same tempo all game long, all game long. Um, in regards to negatives, I mean, the negatives are obvious. It's completion rate. It's completion rate. Like, if they completed at 80%, they win by a substantial margin. Um, you know, two or more tries, in my opinion. They wait, can wait, 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 sorry, mate. That was rude. No, no, you go. You go, you go. <laughs> no, you're, you're an asshole. You go. <laughs> sorry. I went way too early on No, you no, days. you go. I was just going to say, on... And we spoke about it off air, but what, what disappointed me was that we're accepting of the Broncos making mistakes in attacking scenarios when mm. they're using the ball and they're going wide. But that first half, with just the soft errors coming off their own line in just pretty standard contact was so disappointing. Yeah. yeah. Because if they did it and it was Reese Walsh throwing a cut ball or, you know, something a bit out of the ordinary, it's like, okay, they need to play expansive to beat this Penrith team. Oh, just that first 20 to 30 minutes just didn't give themselves a chance yeah. today and that's that's a thing like if they had have just completed at uh, you know decent 80 percent 85 percent you know they they really do win the game like it's i know people don't want to hear that and whatever but i think it's just a truth now the argument you can have is was it penrith's unrelenting pressure that forced those errors that made them think they need to do this coming out of their own and that made selwyn cobbo think he needs to go down a short side and then mm-hmm. just drop the ball or Herbie Farnworth run a bit harder than he usually does and in the contact gets it, whatever it is. But that's where I think they'll look at that first half and go, boys, if we were just a little bit smarter, you know, maybe it was our game. Maybe it was our game. Uh, so I, I think as well, like, just grand final experience. Yeah. It's okay. Like, I think if, if that exact game was played again in 12 months' time, I think I'd have to back Brisbane in. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. And I know, yeah, I, I have to agree. If I have to be honest, I think that in 12 months' time, if they were all as fit as they are now and they had the same sides, I just think the Broncos would be a little bit smarter in that first half and they, they find a way to get it done. 
But I also then just look at Penrith and go, fuck, are they just that team that just finds a yeah. way to... Or do no, they mate, readjust like, it's again? It's just so hard to... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The, the adjustment that we spoke about last week, and that was clearly playing both edges. Yeah. For the first time, basically, I've seen in recent years, or if not his career, playing more on the left side and swinging over, where do you do all his damage in that second half? Yeah. Well, the, not all of it, the majority of it. Mm. The match-winning try, swinging left to give the ball to Critter. It's like, you just know they'll find they'll ways find a way to, to adjust to it. And he, yeah. like, he obviously identified something on that left side, because Mitch Kenny, I think it was two or three tackles before that, he went short, went short, and you could see Nate there going, for the first time this season, Mitch Kenny going, give me, me the, the fucking ball, ball. good yeah. God. But... It ended up being perfect because Mitch Kenny dragged Jordan Ricky out of position. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. threw that edge out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it was an incredible performance by the Panthers and, and the Broncos. Definitely some silly mistakes and, and whatever, but when you're going up against a side in their fourth grand final, it's like you kind of almost – you don't accept it because you want to be better and we could have been better. But you understand it. You understand that we're, you're going up against one of the greatest sides ever assembled. And it's not like you guys are a side that's had a couple of grand finals experiences. Basically, all of these except for one or two with Capewell have never been in a grand final, let alone barely played any finals footy. Like this is, a, as a team, this is really their first finals push. I was looking at the, the Broncos team list, uh, like on their stats and everything. And fuck, thank God Corey Oates wasn't in that game. Could you imagine if he lost 15 and then he lost that? Oh. Losing those two games like that would have been fucking heartbreaking. Can I, can I ask you as a Broncos fan, which one hurts more? Yeah, um, that's a that's a good question. Um, prob- probably 2015 because I didn't think the Cowboys played that well, mm. and I think that that last try could have been shut down. Whereas this one, it definitely hurts. But again, and I've said it all podcasts, it took arguably the greatest ever side to complete at 97% and Cleary to have the greatest 20 minutes in the grand final to beat us. And that's where as a competitor, you step back and go, yes, we were ahead by a certain amount of points. But if you beat me with your best, fair play to you, you win. We go back, we regroup and we come back again next year. Whereas if you beat me with a shit game, then it's my fault. You know, then it's like, fuck, we could have won that for sure. Um, and it sounds stupid because you're like, well, you were 16 points ahead. But again, like, uh, even at the stands, and Matt can attest to this, I was never sitting there going, we're sweet. I actually told Matt to shut the fuck up when he was talking <laughs> about I was like, mate, there's fucking like 25 minutes to go and this is a Nathan Cleary side, like talking about we've already got the, the premiership. Um, so I was never in the mindset. Because as, as I said off air, boys, it goes, they score one try, as they did. All they need to go is boom, boom. Game's completely back on. Like, it's... Yeah, this is a Penrith Panthers. And the reason why I knew they would definitely stay in it is because I knew for a fact, not for a fact, but as close to a fact as you can get, they would almost guarantee themselves at least 85 to a 90% completion rate to end the game. So they were going to give themselves at least, let's just say, eight to ten sets to score tries. Whereas with a team like the Broncos, because they can make errors, you're like, how many sets are they going to get? Like, are they going to get... Four completed sets to end the game. Five completed sets. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to talk about, uh, from the wing, though, Jesse Arthurs. What an incredible game. You could tell that their game plan was like, don't give Selwyn Cobber the ball unless it's in high-pressure situations on his line because we know how good he is at kick return. Jesse Arthurs was peppered all night long. And not only did he do his job, 
he actually made line breaks individually. He was phenomenal. We spoke all week about Brian Toto being a potential Clive Churchill medalist. I was sitting there at halftime going, we've picked the wrong fucking player. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Mate, he was so good. So good. You know, like I, I, I thought that a lot of that game plan, like, yes, didn't want to kick Selwyn Cobb, but I, I also thought a lot of that game plan was hopefully coming down to hopefully just controlling Herbie Farmworth as well. They couldn't handle either of them. Yeah. They were both so good. And Jesse Arthurs in particular, some of those line breaks he made, it was actually, there was a tackle that Nathan Cleary made on him in the first half as well, that in the shit fight of a 60 minutes for Cleary, that was a big tackle. If he, if he wouldn't have been there to make that one, Jesse could have taken that a long way. But yeah, little grand final cult hero, Jesse Arthurs. Mate, he was so good. Like, like oh, we're sitting there just going, almost like waiting for the pressure to get to him. And he yeah. just like, no, nah, sweet, sweet. And some of the tough carries he took too, unbelievable. When was the last time... I mean, any player really, but a winger ran through the middle of the Panthers in a full line. Yeah, yeah. For a line break. Yeah. It was so good. And that's what I think Kevy Wallace deserves a massive rap. He, he picked him and he stuck with him. And maybe Oatsy would have handled it, maybe not. But what we do know for sure is Jesse, Jesse definitely handled it. Because mm. um, they, they loaned him to the Warriors yeah, during he the was COVID like, period. Almost didn't they? like yeah. lucky to be there to a degree. He's a, but we've always been a fan of Jesse. Even when he's at the Warriors, I was like, I, I so do good. like what he does. Yeah. I do like what he gets through. Um, Reese Walsh, I think he'll learn a lot from this. He had, yeah. as I said, really mixed bag. He, he had some really good moments and obviously some not so good moments. I think he'll just, it's just, he's definitely one of those players that. Okay, so he went into Origin and he had that big moment. And I think that. He was, it seemed to a degree that he was almost relying on that moment a bit. He was almost like, well, I've already done it on the big stage, so I'm going to do it again. And I think what this will teach Reese is that you have to earn it every single time. It's not just going to happen for you. Uh, so, as I like, when he stepped clearly though, that footwork and that like explosion of speed far out, Sven's tunnel, then inside to Mam. So he'll learn a lot from that. And I think that the fact that it's happening to guys like, Reese Walsh, Ezra Mam, you know, Payne Haas, Patrick Harrigan, like, but to a lesser degree. The fact that it's happened to these guys at such a young age, like, they've lost a grand final against one of the greatest ever sides at 21 years old, at 20 years old. Like, it puts them in really good set, in key positions going forward. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see, because it's almost, obviously, you would want to win the comp, for sure. There's no, absolutely. But, what I hope this does for Reese Walsh is it puts a fire under him heading into this preseason. Because imagine if we win the comp, and he, which again, I would want to do that, and he killed it. He scored, you know, I don't know, three tries, Clive Churchill. I could see Reese going a bit like crazy in the offseason and, you know, just enjoying it a little bit much. Because he's that kind of guy. He's a, he's a high energy kind of character. Whereas I know how competitive he is. This is going to hurt him for a long time. He's going to come – I reckon he's going to come back better, and ever, better than ever next year. And wasn't there – you know, for me, there was two plays last night that just summed up Reese Walsh to a T. The first one was when he beat Cleary. Mm. And he just went, this kid can't be stopped. Yeah. The other one was when he came out of the in goals. He was put on the ground. And, you know, I talk about this all the time with Reese Walsh, and this is a moment where it went against him. He's so competitive. He thought, fuck it, I'm going to get up and get going. Sco- yeah, yeah. yeah. The play was, and if it was Dylan Edwards, he stays on the ground. Stays on the ground. Because he understands the moment and what it means for that set of six and that they can't afford to give away points. Off the back of that, the short dropout goes out. They kick the two points to go up eight, six. But it's the, and it's, it's the, and I, you know, I think people would expect Reese Walsh to probably sit back and watch the tries that he had and enjoy that. Mate, Reese will be watching that play where he had the force dropout and learn from that 100%. And the couple of kicks that he had as well, I think he'd be disappointed in. This game, 
could be the making of Reese Walsh. Yeah. Like he will learn so much in this game of football. We knew going into this game and in this season that he had all the talent in the world, but he was raw. And he had one of the great grand final moments by scorching the bloke we've just wrapped this whole show in Nathan Cleary one-on-one. Brilliant piece of freakish individual work. But like you mentioned a couple of little errors he had there. There was also, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on him, but uh, with the tap back for the Kenny try, I think as the fullback who's going to be in behind the line anyway, I think he's probably the one who had to be covering there. Mm. You can see when the try is scored, he's sitting back in behind the post just sort of twiddling his thumbs a little bit. Someone had to be in behind there covering, especially like it's a short dropout. The idea is you do tap it back yeah. to your players. Mm. I think it was Herbie or whoever jumped up did that perfectly, but there was yeah. no one there to collect it. Mm. There was. It was Mitch Kenny. Yeah. Um, probably should have been Walsh behind the line. Maybe critical on him, but so many little aspects, and, and he'll watch this game probably over again, and he'll learn so much from it. And for in the short term, while there's a lot of pain for him, I'm sure, God, it's a scary prospect at what he will take from this game going into next season. And yeah. I would almost guarantee... But at some point over the next few months, he's going to sit down with Billy Slater and watch that go. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. And like, like, he's almost a victim of his own heights that he's reached this year. Yep. Guys, this kid is 20, 21 years old. He had his origin moment, killed it. He's got his first origin series. You know, when has a 21-year-old fullback come in and just dominated a Melbourne Storm or a Roosters? Like, it's... The, the fact that he even still had his moment just shows you how great this kid is. The fact that he had those errors and those certain errors where you could fix, he still was there to go bang off the left foot, straight through, try assist, just shows you, like, this kid's great. He's going to be great. Um, and let's not forget the incredible – like, the Broncos don't make the grand final if Reese Walsh isn't fullback, most likely. Um, or at the very least, they don't make it as resoundingly. Uh, Tristan I don't Sutter think you make it. Um, he has had such a good year. He's been so good for the club. And also, he's on like 400 grand. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I know he's going to break the bank eventually and, and it's going to be on huge coin, but he's still on like massive unders. So I, um, I'm so happy for Walsh for the season and I just cannot wait to see him, you know, go to that whole next level. Herbie Farmworth, aside from that first error, and that's been a little bit harsh, aside from that, he was phenomenal. Big Absolutely game player, phenomenal. isn't he? What about some of the try-saving tackles he did, one-on-one tackles um, on Tungo in the first half? And I was had Isaac Tungo, who I was relying on him to score to avoid a chicken dance today. And five <laughs> minutes in, I thought, oh, he's going to shit in here. He has to score down this edge. They're yeah. just – they're on the front foot every single time. They were cutting him up. But Herbie just kept on making big play after big play after big play. Mm. He was everywhere. Yeah, so good. He's going to be a massive loss. I know we've got some really good young guys coming through, but – Geez, Herbie's been good this year. Far out. Well, what's what's going to happen is next season, Sel and Cobbo in particular, but Cobbo and assuming it's probably Jesse Arthur's on the wing, depending on what they want to do with him, if he goes to centre or whatever, but because he runs for 150, 200 metres a game, they're going to have to step up in that yardage, aren't they? Oh, massively. And I, like, I know Selwyn wants to go centre, but I'm like, bro, you get no, more ball stay. on the wing. You get more opportunity to do things. Like the centre, you, you, you just... I feel like wingers are more important these days. That's and I, it sounds ironic because Herbie's fucking playing so well, but he's a unique centre. I don't see I don't see Selwyn being the same as Herbie in the way he plays. He's just had 12 months or eight or nine months of just being on the end of peaches from Reese Walsh. Bro, like, why do you want to move? <laughs> oh. um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting what to do. Uh, we spoke teams defend Reese Walsh well, Adam Reynolds puts it on a platter for you anyway. Yeah. yeah. And we spoke about it already, but that tackle by Kobe Heatherington in the dying moments, mm. 
One of the greatest freaking grand final tackles I've ever seen in my life. Well, T-Lock is a bloke. He's, I reckon he'd be a legend. Um, I actually haven't spoken to him that much, to be honest. Uh, but everyone that I've spoken about him says he's like knockabout bloke. One he of the feels boys. like one of those classic country footballers yeah. that plays 20 years and wins eight grand finals. <laughs> yeah. Works at the pub after the game. <laughs> Love him. Um, who else stood out for you guys for the Broncos? Paolo C that came off the bench. I thought he was good as well. He was incredible. Yeah. Far out he has ended the year well. I say it every single episode, but geez, I wish he wasn't going to the Titans. I understand, you know, at the Broncos with such a, a pack that is very hard to break into, he's going to be a great signing for the Isn't Titans. Isn't it going to be unreal? Like, yeah, you head into next season and you look at these Queensland clubs. Like, the Dolphins, the forward pack handled themselves this year. You're going to mm. put Tom Gilbert back in and Tom Flegler into that side. So good. Titans, you know, they've arguably got the three three of the best young front rowers in rugby league. Add Palliasia into it. They're going to get her, uh, yeah. both of more back as yeah. well. Like, the forward yeah. packs in Queensland are off their heads yeah, at even, the moment. Even at the Dolphins, the yardage of Herbie we just spoke about, how yeah. much that'll help the pack. Yeah. yeah. Um, Exciting. Yeah, and then all these young guys either. up at North Queensland as well, these yeah. young back rowers. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Keenan Palacita, he was so good off the bench. And I, I love the fact he went on there with a mission where pain's off. I need to pick up the slack here. I need I, If I come on here and play poorly, they're going to blow us off the park. And also, he did that against the best forward pack in the competition. You know, like that's that's nothing to sniff at. That's a great, great knock from Keenan. And, like, I think there's such a big difference between playing well over the last few weeks, but then doing it on grand final day. Mm. And like to, to take, for example, you know, a, a guy for the Panthers that, that didn't have his greatest game, he'll learn from it. But Lindsay Smith, he's impressed me so much all season. Yeah. But I think the moment sort of got to him yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Palisade, not at all. Not at all. So 38 minutes, he had 14 runs, 150 metres, 36 post-contact, two tackle breaks and 20 tackles in 38 minutes in a grand final. And also, we're talking about a team Jeez. that – against all other front rowers keep, that play 60 minutes, keep them under 100 metres. He played 38 minutes and made 150 metres. Like, as a young or an inexperienced front rower, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, as I said, I'm super proud of the boys and they've had an incredible year. And I think Kevy deserves a massive rap too. Like, the fact that they went in half-time and then they came out at, like and blew them out of the water, he must have – like, he clearly gets – the right message across at the right time to this yep. Bronco side. Um, yeah, I think he's had an incredible year. Once again, you know, I spoke about it last week when we were talking about the New Zealand Warriors to their fans, but, you know, once again, premierships aren't won in a season. Mm. They're won over a period of time, and your period of time has been three years where you've come from a spoon to one of the best teams to not win a grand final. I know, it's crazy. And it's, it's like your post said last night, this Bronco side beats, I want to say, eight out of ten. Like, yeah, I, I originally said... Any team ever that was overs, but mm. I agree with you. Eight out of ten, I reckon they like. I, I if I ever look through the last, like I went through it last night and had a look at the last five teams to lose grand finals, I'm confident that Brisbane side beats all of them. Oh, easy again. Like I, I know I keep stressing it. This is a nine, like ninety seven percent completion rate. Yeah, the Panthers, the best side to ever do it. And you know what? I'll, I actually reckon this Brisbane side last night. I reckon they could have beaten like the twenty twenty one Panthers. Yeah, I think so. I think. Well, I actually think they might have beaten the last two years Panthers, like because this version of the Panthers is the best version of themselves, and they only lost by a penalty goal. Would you put your twenty twenty three Broncos over your twenty fifteen Broncs? Yeah. 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 I think so. The two thousand six maybe not because of like Lockie, Webkey, Petro, and they obviously won it. 
Um, I wasn't even going to ask you that. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see. Yeah. But yeah, the 2015, I reckon this Broncos side gets mm. the job done. Oh, I've said it all year, Campion. It kills me. I'm annoyed that it killed me come grand final <laughs> as well. But the short dropouts, time and place, time and place, yeah. doing it 6 0 up, uh, down, I should say. Mm. Went for it again, just went out on the full or short or something. Might have gone short. Penalty from in front, two try buffer. I mean, yeah. like, look, that didn't cost them the game, but. There was a two-point margin at the end of the game. Like, it, just time and place. I think that was a representation of how gassed that Brisbane side yeah, was. Yeah, so. but also it represents what this Broncos side is yeah. of, like, we are going yeah. to be confident all the time. doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing. Like, for example, the game was on the line and Renault's trying to kick it out. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And Cleary obviously catches the ball. And so it's hard to knock it when it got you to a grand final so do you get to a grand final and go in your shell and try and you know what i mean so it's i'm, I'm certainly not knocking the like it's i love the short drop yeah 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 it's revolutionized the game in recent years but there's just a time where it doesn't have to be done. no I, I agree because that's where i go and i've been saying it all year same as you is like this is the little tweaks this team needs to make mm. to win a premiership it's the little things like you know, the seven tackle set or the drop ball coming out of your own end or the short dropout. It's just little – the team is there to win it. Like, this is a premiership winning side. It doesn't need to recruit anyone. doesn't need to bring anyone in. It just needs to tweak their game plan slightly and they win. They win the comp. Like, that's how close they are. But obviously everything has to go right, injuries, everything like that. But, yeah, I think Kevin Walters deserves a massive rap. I think it's been an incredible year. And, you know, it's very easy to forget – that a lot of people were like, Broncos won't make the eight this year. Broncos won't make the eight. Like people, matter of fact, you could go 10 rounds in and there were a lot of people saying, nah, they'll die in the end of the year. Mate, there was, I was only, it was just after Origin. I remember I, I did a thing on my podcast, just asked people who are the contenders and the pretenders. And mate, the amount of people that said Broncos pretenders yeah. just blew me away. And, and you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, they'll fall off a cliff like they did last year. Yeah. And so I think Kevy deserves a massive, massive rap for that. A massive rap for getting these boys up. And, you know, even, even watching them, the captains run, like these guys, like they weren't uh, edgy. They weren't, there was no carry on. Like they were zoned, zoned in. Zoned Can I ask in. you from what you, and you know, I, I know you weren't there for the entire week, obviously, but is there anything you saw, you know, in hindsight from the Broncos week or how they handled it or anything that sort of? No, I think they handled it perfectly. Yeah. I really do. Tell what I thought was really interesting at that lunch route the other day. Kevin Walters and Adam Reynolds got up and they spoke and, and I sort of thought they looked pretty relaxed. Did you? Mm, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. oh, I think I, I, I even turned to, to you or Tom and said, geez, they look relaxed. And then I think it was Benny Elias got up and he, and he the first thing he said was, geez, I've never seen Kevy that uptight. And I sort yeah, of went, that's right. I sort of went, what, what the fuck? But I mean, like, he's obviously toured with him and knows him and has been around the game for a long time, which I thought was really interesting. Maybe Benny just, just missed the mark. But it's a weird also, thing to say at a public did he say he said a few weird things Benny (laughs) like what very unlike Benny he didn't he didn't miss the mark on a few things Benny but anyway um, but when he said it as I said I was fixated on Andrew Johns Mm. he he didn't he didn't think it was a strange thing to say Mm. by his body language I thought that was really interesting well I mean maybe he was at the the lunch I wasn't there but at training that the boys were absolutely not uptight absolutely he didn't come across it at all to me neither did Adam Reynolds what did you what did you tell Ezra What'd you get in his ear? What, what, what were the words, the beach words of advice that produced that grand final? Yeah, yeah, class? yeah. My words did it. My words did it. No, no. So, I, you know, I scored four once, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah please. Um, if you need a bit of inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, he, it's in my favourites. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he just come off. I, I didn't say anything special. I honestly, I asked him how he's feeling. He said, "Man, I'm I'm feeling chilled. Might go could you later?" And I said, "Oh, mate, it's it's weird how everyone handles things differently." Um, I used to be a very like focused in. He's like, "No, nah, I'm I'm the opposite, man. I'm real chill." Where um, then I asked him what he's doing the off season, uh, and then I yeah, we just I just said, "Bro, you're here now. Enjoy it. Just enjoy it. You're here. It's nothing's going to change." And he was like. He's like, shit, baby. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Did you get to talk to a, a few others as well? While she yeah, was spoke to Reno. Um, spoke to Paddy. Yeah, spoke to the boys. It was, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome experience. And as I said, like, they, they were ready. There, was not a, there wasn't a single part of me that's like, ooh, they're, they're nervous and they're worried about the moment. No, they were excited. Like, they were like, they wanted this moment. It wasn't any nervous energy at, at all. So much so, I even said, I'm more nervous than you boys. Um, so, yeah, they were ready. It's just... They came up against one of the greatest performances we've ever seen with one of the best platforms or the best platform ever laid in the history of grand finals. Um, anything else, boys? Uh, great grand final. I, I reckon this is going to be a grand final that's going to age really well too. Yeah. As we're always going to remember it for those Ezra Man moments, the moment that Nathan Cleary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Elevated himself to yeah. another level. I think the longer that time goes on, this grand final will get better and better. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, that is us done and dusted. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Uh, don't forget, Shoe Grab. Make sure you head to Shoe Grab to get new shoes, free delivery on all orders, over $99. Sneakers, casual performance, slides, limited exclusive, plus a bunch of clothes and other uh, accessories. Uh, also, grab a case of bloke beer, guys. Grab a case of bloke beer. The bloke podcast will continue on, so don't stress. We will be doing a season review next week, uh, so make sure to tune in. But as usual, we'll go and fuck ourselves. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.